Welcome to the 5G Techvitory podcast, where we will explore the hottest topics in 5G with some of the industry's leading minds. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us. I am Julia Gifford, and I am sitting down with Ingmar Spoutis, Vice President and Member of the Board of LMT. Now, LMT has a very long history of innovation. Uh, it was first um, among the first in Europe to launch unlimited data plans for smartphones, which has now led to Latvia being one of the most active users of mobile data, according to OECD. Uh, it accidentally set the record for the highest terrestrial Wi-Fi shot up into near space with a rocket. And it was the first to launch 5G in the Baltics, and is making use of that infrastructure by launching smart smoke alarms, um, even 5G for national security, which has now been picked up and drawn the interest of EU defense organizations and even NATO. So we are here talking to Ingmars, who is very much so responsible for driving a lot of that in innovation. And so I want to know, LMT being partially state-owned from a very small uh, country, and uh, acting as a mobile operator that's doing well for itself and no one's really asking for any innovations from you. Now, what is it that has been driving LMT's innovation? Where is it coming from and why are you so passionate about it? Hello, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. So, uh, I mean, there's, uh, there's some components in this in this uh, re reasoning. One thing is that probably the historical DNA of the company, it's uh, historically set up by by a bunch of in engineers, so this like, kind of a technical technical passion is somewhat built in the walls and in the in the in the meeting rooms of and in in our team. This is probably one thing. The other thing is probably historical perspective because if you can take a look around, how do the telecommunication operators do in historical sense that normally there's always this there's this growth phase and you grow and pe people love you and they buy your, your stuff and everybody's happy and and then some uh the penetration level is is being set and then this business for operator doesn't uh, go on so nicely if you don't have this kind of next big thing so technically you should always be looking for next big thing otherwise you your growth or so to speak or well-being of your company and, and your shareholders will probably uh, uh, stop being so so great so therefore we have been one thing is being an engineer at heart and the other thing is of course looking for for next big thing and a third thing uh, is over overarching stuff is is that um us being partly, partly state-owned, you always have this sense of responsibility towards your country and, and your region as a whole. So being up, up to date and bring your customers up to date with what is happening on the planet. So you want to be, you want to be in very good shape. So that's the, the third thing probably. Okay, so I want to follow up on that because there's one thing with just staying in touch with global trends and keeping in good shape. Uh, but we've seen that with LMT, the innovations have been up for some of the industry's leading awards, the Glomo Awards at Mobile World Congress uh, for multiple years in a row. Now, these aren't just regular achievements. These are you know, going up against the likes of Telia and Samsung and others and Apple. You've been in one category with them. Why do you think it is that from a small country, 
uh, you're able to develop these internationally acknowledged innovations. I think we have really good friends <laughs> and good e good ecosystem in our country because being small, there are some. Normally, everybody is in AVO, I know United States or Germany because they're so huge, or China for that matter. But uh, there's also some good sides of being small. Therefore, the 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 tempo that we can have at this small ecosystem between big companies, between big companies and the government, between big companies and the startups, and so on and so forth. So we are really agile. So therefore, for us to have some good idea and get it going just like it happened with our defense projects uh, together cooperating with the armed forces or our activities with uh, Smart City, cooperating with, with our biggest municipality and so on and so forth. This is actually feasible because we're small. So we are engineers, we have some ambition and we are quite agile. So that sets the scene that we can actually do these projects faster. Perfect. Uh, you mentioned your defense projects and uh, LMT has recently been actively investing in and developing applications for uh, national security and defense. And, and you personally are a member of the Latvian National Guard. And this was happening at a similar time. Is that a coincidence? Well, in a sense, the causality is the same, of course, that the happenings, what is happening on the planet in our re region has set many things in motion. Um, my personal choice was also based on what I've been observing. And my personal decision was that my, that, that, that kind of generation of my parents were ones that were responsible for regaining our independence. So I, I guess my generation's role is to kind of keep it. And, and therefore, uh, the best way how to uh, uh, to stay at peace is, is, is be really able to defend your uh, country. That's why I think any or every adult probably being in our region has to be has to be ready ready to step up, so to speak. But from industry perspective, I think these signals were quite the same. I think also also the, the NATO as a whole has seen many things uh, changing on technological scene and partly also seeing what is what is feasible these days for civilian technologies i think now this this trend is very 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 strong within the, the nato actually to to smartphoneize so to speak and and like back in a day normally that we we would see kind of reluctance of of defense experts of of any links or of any usage of, of uh, civilian technologies. These days we can observe that uh, civilian technologies are, are more capable and therefore there is this big trend of uptake, particularly for 5G technologies for, for, the, for, for our defense. But again, historically, all these uh, big changes, geopolitical changes in, the, in this region has kick-started, so to speak, many things, starting from personal level down to or up to big corporations as well. You make a very interesting point about the smartphoneization of the face of defense. And we're seeing this particularly right now with uh, Russia's aggression and war in Ukraine. And unfortunately, we all have a very direct view of how that war is occurring. And we're seeing the impact of everyday people's technologies. You would call them civilian technologies, uh, Telegram and WhatsApp and video calls and all of these, you know, um, mobile networks. How has that changed a mobile operator's perspective and your operations in general? Uh, 
Has this impacted how you're thinking about your own future as a mobile operator? Well, yeah, sure. Well, it's always has been kind of a, a given knowledge that um, that any mobile operator is kind of a critical infrastructure because the communication is important when, so to speak, something bad happens. And uh, but of course, the intensity has changed because now we can see that. Um, mobile com communication is at the heart at every stage of the war, starting from informative or in of or info war, or sharing the information. Because we've seen that the perception of what's happening is also a tool of uh, warfare, and down to tactical communication of battlefield units. There also, I mean, uh, since the um, lot of the um, war these days is happening within these uh, cities, so therefore the mobile technologies have been widespread and, and, and they are not as neglected as they were before because usage of field radio is, something more, is sometimes more dangerous than, than actually usage of mobile technologies. And one more, more global thing we've seen is that contrary to the intuitive, uh, intuitive um, forecast or expectation that Mobile, mobile infrastructure would be the first to be hurt in, in the battlefield. We can see in many uh, war theaters these days that both sides normally keep, or all the sides <laughs> are trying to keep uh, mobile infrastructure intact because everybody is using it, because everybody needs some com communication. And it's not only the case of Ukraine. So many countries actually, just like, I had actually this good example I once heard from an experienced uh, general that he's, he told that back in the Second World War, the um, airplanes or bombers of all sides were trying to keep churches intact. Because if you are flying and you have not a very good, good map and, and, and you have really bad communication, the, the church is the, the visual that you can see that the church is one of the uh, very few things how you can normally navigate through the landscape. So both sides were, were trying to keep Churches not, churches not bombed. And these days, this is something very similar to mobile uh, towers because everybody needs this communication so that uh, all the sites are trying to keep the mobile communication safe. So somehow, uh, mobile is, is partaking in, in all these stages. So that gives us, of course, a great responsibility. Well, what do we do with this? What a fascinating approach to that. Uh, now, we are seeing 5G becoming a part of our everyday lives. Uh, but this is somewhat recent. We've been talking about it for years now. This is the fifth year for 5G territory. Uh, and we're only now seeing widespread implementation. But already we're seeing the term 6G being thrown around uh, quite a bit. In fact, we have two whole sessions at 5G territory this year dedicated to 6G. And so are you, as a practical mobile innovator thinking about 6G, and if so, to what capacity? Well, there are, again, some parts to this. Uh, well, of course, you should, be, you should be thinking about the future um, constantly. That's, that's the technically, <laughs> that's the way forward. And, and of course, we are somewhat looking at 6G, but honestly saying, uh, um, you know, we've seen many generations, like 2G, 3G, 4G and, and the 5G is somewhat much more, um, it's kind of uh, slow, slow cooking, so to speak. Like back with the 4G and 3G, you could 
technically you, you could plan your infrastructure rollout. You knew when you should you know, be able to transport networks and some radios and core, and it was quite understandable. In terms of, the 5G, of 5G, building out, uh, so to speak, uh, radio and core is the simplest part of it. it and it still takes time. So as you, we all know, the, the 3GPP processes are, are still rolling. Vendors have still haven't produced lots of future 5G equipment still to come. So we have still, still seen just a very simple part of, of the 5G. So it's still kind of a broadband thing. It's very, very, very uh, primitive compared to what's, what's still to come and what has been promised in those m many, 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 many conferences, so to speak. Uh, so 5G is still to be brought about. So we still have to figure out why do we need 5G. So it would be very sad if we would stop just at this very simple broadband level. Um, but of course, some excuse is that this broadband level is understandable. So the big question is, do industrial users and industrial customers, do they expect 5G? Do they understand it? Do, do they know how to use it? And this has some, somewhat been our biggest drive so far, is to be, why to be practical? Because it's very easy to go to some conference and speak about stuff that you will have in 10 years. In 10 years, there's gonna be flying cars again, and so on and so forth. But it's much more harder is to give an explanation, what are you going to do next year or in two years? That's truly hard because 10 years, is, you, know, it's, you have no accountability of, of what you're saying. Uh, so we've been trying to focus on, on like two years, three years, four years, um, and, 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 and bring about this 5G uh, features uh, that will come shortly and bring them to the real customers. That's actually quite a hard job, and this is the major driver for innovation here. So 6G, yes, we are, we are you know, it's like, like you're kind of tired, you look, yeah, hey, there's a 6G coming over and, and we pay attention, of course, but um, for us, for our teams these days, like many, many more years still of hard work to actually implement 5G because sometimes there's this notion that it's kind of a 3G, 5G, 4G, it's kind of like a next iPhone, like next year will, will come, there's gonna be an, an XG, but like we've been in this state of expecting 5G for like last five, five years and there's still, four to five years to come until the full potential of 5G will be un unlocked. It's still not done. So for us as, a, as kind of a practical in innovators, the, the main focus will, will still be on the, on, on the real next day 5G use cases. So you're not thinking too, too far 10 years into the future, but... I don't like how, the, how, you, are, <laughs> how you put it. We are actually thinking because if you take a look on what's been happening, so many of, of the things we are able to do today, we actually started to do these like five, six years ago. Like for instance, for the 5G, uh, for, for, for a normal, classical, usual uh, mobile operator, 5G industrial part is not possible if they don't do fundamental structural changes within the company because normally you are you're a really decent retail company you are building your towers you're selling selling your iphones and you're doing just nice so back in the day we realized that uh, if i go to some i don't know factory or some bank or some whatever big company we talk about business we think about 5g use cases and i come back home and there's nobody to delegate it to because normally you don't have a team for complex integrated 
solutions. So what we've been doing all this time is actually building a, a whole new set of skills within the company, whole new teams, recruiting, merging, training, that be actually able to go out, meet companies, to talk about business, come back home, build solutions. This is a brand new thing. And without it, uh, 5G, that doesn't make much more sense than just the broadband. So for somebody to be able to take something out of 5G features, you have to have some, some team. So this team has to show up somewhere. So that's what we've been doing for many, many, many years now. Yeah. Yeah. And that reminds me of the LMT case of having built uh, mobile television at home, which is a 5G use case before 5G had been rolled out. So having that use case in place in order to, to make use of that. Uh, that was us just doing our homework. Uh, the 4G was meant for broadband. So 4G is beautiful for, for broadband. You don't need to wait for 5G just to do broadband. Uh, having said that, I should, you know, some uh, Latvia has been quite blessed, so our regulator has been really active, so we have been having quite a lot of frequencies. So in that sense, we were able to do it. So if you don't have a lot of frequencies, you can't play normal broadband with mobile. But if you do, so there is, no, there is nothing wrong with the 4G. So lots of the use cases I hear from the 5G is just the things you should have been doing with the 4G now by now. So we've, we have been actively competing with fixed line operators so far. Uh, so and, and, and I can prove that 4G is just as good as a DSL line. So there is no funda fundamental difference uh, from the CAPEX side. So it's probably cheaper than DSL. So yeah. So you got me thinking when you mentioned the 10 years and uh, that sparked a memory that uh, just this past week, NASA announced that they expect to have a human settlement on the moon within 10 years. Again? <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's actually good. I, I actually like it because normally if, if, I, if I hear something from NASA or from Chinese colleagues, they always use these uh, 20 years. So it's even more vague. So 20 years is normally whatever you hear about uh, going to Mars, to Moon, building about fusion reactors. It's always 20 years. I was a kid. It, it was 20 years. So 10 years, that's very bold in that sense that you can actually live up and maybe some, somebody is still around uh, within the 10 years, you can ask. So what do you say about making a claim that then LMT will bring internet to the moon for that human settlement? <laughs> well, that's cool. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know who's going to pay, but... <laughs> but <laughs> that's always the question. But uh, seriously, so we, 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 you, you, you mentioned we, we did an accidental test of altitude internet. It wasn't ac accidental. We were actually... We actually did it on purpose, so we attached a router to a meteorological balloon, so we launched it and we switched our base station upwards. So we actually reached up 26 kilometers in altitude uh, with our 4G router. So that's, well, ac accidental in the sense that, of course, the wind direction is somewhat something that you can plan, but we were trying really, 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 really hard. <laughs> accidental in the sense that the record setting oh, yeah. was accidental. Yeah, it was, we didn't know. We you didn't know. We were doing it to set the world record. No, 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 no. no. So moon, moon. So, uh, well, there should be some, some, some customers probably on the moon. So they'll probably, however, I've actually seen, I've seen stuff from Nokia in California. They've, they've been actually trying to develop uh, routers and end user equipment that would be actually be able to sustain radiation in, in space and actually have the 
4G, 3G, 5G networks in the in space and, and, and not die from radiation. So I've actually held, so it's, it's not that, that kind of a joke, it's quite, quite, quite real, I Sounds do actually believe. promising. <laughs> yeah, for somebody, truly, yeah. So theoretical dreaming aside, what is next for LNT? What should we be looking out for from this innovator? I think we are, uh, I probably my colleagues will not like this, but uh, I would compare us to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to uh, kind of a mushroom. <laughs> because there's a, you know, in a, in the fall, you walk around the forest, there are some beautiful mushrooms showing up suddenly. But for the whole year, they've been under the ground and build, be building mycelium networks and, and growing and learning, and, and then there's a mushroom. So we are kind of in this, in this mushroom phase now because for many years we've been really preparing. We're building teams, doing MVPs and prototyping and partnering and having friends and doing out and, and, and learning and failing uh, a lot. So now these days many teams are ready. So we have many product lines ready. So we're like, we're gonna, we're gonna pop up like mushrooms now. That, that's probably the next thing for us. So where should people be looking for news about your innovations if they want to follow along and be ready for those mushrooms popping yeah. up. So we've been focusing on a few areas. We've been focusing on uh, start, starting from very civilian side. We, we went around many conferences and, and congresses. We were looking forward for some sensors you could actually buy and resell to your customers that you might use in, in, in uh, kind of a narrowband net networks. So we didn't find any and we were quite sad. So we went to our dear colleagues just across the street. There's a, the biggest factory in, in Latvia, Microtik, who is producing world-renowned world radio electronic equipment. So we joined forces, so we actually built, built um, uh, air quality and, and smoke alarm joint unit that you can actually use in narrowband and LTM networks. So that's a brand new product we have just launched. So we are rolling it out both here in our home market and also abroad. And we are quite nicely welcomed because um, we so far haven't stumbled upon anybody else who have actually done it. So, so let's see how this goes. We've actually built a, a many strong teams for uh, computer vision. So we've sold and very much simplified or revolutionized some of the traffic control things. So we've there are some good products for road safety on traffic control built on computer vision and independent from classical legacy systems. We uh, have great doings with uh, our armed forces in the defense field. We've built a first European 5G uh, test range together with our armed forces and the NATO specialists. So many great, great stuff is going to be done around both for, for augmented reality support in tactical sense, for tactical uh, radios, tactical communication solutions, and tactical positioning systems you're using for 5G. So we built uh, nice good use cases with drones. So we are strong believers that mobile net network is a very fundamental backbone for future use of drones beyond visual line of sight. So. Uh, this is probably one more direction to, to look to. So, so we're, we're cooking as hell yeah, right now, yeah. Mm -hmm. trying hard. Uh, fingers in lots of buckets or pots. Not so many, actually. It probably sounds as many, but there's so many more topics we have. We would, be, we would like to be involved. We just 
we we do we do realize but you you have to focus on on a few things but most importantly underneath it all there is a strong team built up for our uh, customer that is that is capable of solving complex uh, integrated solutions yeah and for our viewers or listeners who want to follow along with these innovations lmt has uh, social media accounts, LMT Innovations, and also descriptions of all of these projects on the website, which is innovations.lmt.lv. So Ingmar, for the fifth year, Riga has become the center of the 5G conversation, uh, usually around the end of November, when the leading minds driving the development of 5G and 5G use cases congregate uh, in Riga to discuss these processes. So why do you think, why Riga, of all the places in the world? Well, it's probably kind of a geographical and regional thing. Uh, back in the day, we um, were meeting nice people from Europe, like Brussels and, and these kind, kind of places. <laughs> and they were, um, uh, they were not very happy that many countries from the Baltics and North and non-Nordic, uh, Baltic and non-Nordic countries, they are kind of small and they're very digitally very active and having great things, but they normally don't have a, a common point of view, what should be the future of Europe in digital sense. And some of the, the Nordics and Baltics are probably somewhat leading in that sense, but normally don't have a single voice in, in Brussels on, on what has to be done. So there is kind of saying, so why, do, why don't you come together and why don't you discuss it? So we, at that time, we were um, learning about the uh, necessities of strong ecosystems and the necessity of reaching out to others and talking. Because normally, you know, mobile operator historically has been quite self-sufficient, quite introvert, you know, unit, because we were, you know, rich and happy. So we didn't need anybody else. So at that time, uh, we learned that that uh, we, we need friends, so we also we are one of the initial supporters. Therefore, of this initiative, and probably the regional effect came into force because everybody else in the region felt quite the same. So I think that was a good, good karma, and we have seen since it happens for for the fifth year in a row now. We can now say that that was a a good move and a rational one. So. This uh, event has grown grown stronger, and I do I do believe that the the, the reason to gather has become also ever more stronger because uh, these days we have finally approached all, all these practical possibility to finally practically implement all these beautiful things we've been talking around for many years now. So I think uh, we will meet next year as well. Certainly, thank you so much, Ingmar, for having taken the time to discuss driving innovation in the 5G era. Hey, thank you, Julia. And for everyone else, thank you for listening. Make sure to reserve your spot for 5G Techretory at 5gtechretory.com and we will see you there for the world-leading conversations on where this technology is going. Until next time.